Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Saints of Little Podcast. Um, my name's Noah, I'm here with Zach today. Uh, Christian and Max are not with us today. May they God bless their souls. Um, we are uh, kind of accommodating for the coronavirus here. Uh, we're recording online instead of in person like we normally do, so our audio quality might be improved. Uh, I'm not really sure, we'll have to see. Um, I hope we can produce something special for you guys today, but um, to get us started, um, I have a question. Uh, recently, we've seen a lot of measures going out about people having to quarantine, about people having to stay home, about just everything in general of don't go anywhere, stay home. But yet, you see a we still see a group of people denying that, defying those measures, going out, still going out to bars, partying, doing whatever they want, acting like the world might not be coming to an end when there is a severe thing going on all around us. So I'd like to open it up to a discussion with you, Zach, on what, what, do, you, what do you think of them? What, what should we do about these people? What should we, what should we as Christians do? Should, how should we think of the people who do that? Everything exceedingly and above. Well, I would say that uh, a lot of things come to mind initially, but uh, recently I was reading an article where they were talking about how um, there was a Christian author that was saying something about how like, oh, during the you know Spanish flu epidemic of the 1919 or 1918, people said, well, people were out and about doing stuff then, they weren't cowering in their houses. And so some, one thing I read though said, well, actually that wasn't the case. Initially they weren't, but when they realized a lot of people were dying, they felt like we need to get out there and we need to, we need to stay away from people because getting out there is actually making it worse. So you know, kind of the idea of like even a historical example, people have done this before. You know, to go down the historical example of rabbit hole before, the Spanish flu though, it was, it was also called the flu of 1918, World War I. I mean, you had thousands of people getting displaced, so they really couldn't quarantine. If you're getting displaced by war, how are you going to stop being moving or being out and about? Uh, it really kind of squandered a lot of the quarantine attempts, which I think resulted in the 50 million deaths. Right, yeah, because people always talk about how many deaths were there. So you're like, well, maybe we could prevent actually a lot of deaths by quarantine. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I, I agree with that. I do think, yeah. though, um, I could see how initially it would it could it could seem helpful. Just I was thinking of the guy in the church who was uh, like indicted for um, holding a church service, even though they were saying no groups over 250 or whatever. And right. so he said, well, you know, we're necessary. We need to spread God's love. And it's like, well, you know, is it really necessary to get together in person? Or can you do a lot of the same things you're doing when it's an emergency in other places? I, I think that scares a lot of people, though. I mean, you're being told by your country you can't have church. I mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> what chapter is that out of the book of Revelation? Let me go look here. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> When are the Apache helicopters coming? Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's just, you see this mass hysteria of toilet paper and people going out and just raiding things. And it's just, it's just nuts, you know? And people don't think that maybe I should be looking for the other person instead of myself. Yeah, and I definitely think there's something to be said about, as Christians, you know, we don't have to be as stressed about things. We can think about how can we encourage others, not just hoard for ourselves, because, you know, we are, we have a hope beyond this life. We have something to be hopeful for, even in a disease. Right. And I don't, I, that's hard. It's hard for people to get to the point 
of of thinking like that, especially especially like Chris, younger Christians today. Like those those people, those people. I don't know if you've encountered, but those are the most people I have encountered that have said, "Oh, it's just the flu. It's not going to hurt anyone. I mean, let's just go about our lives. I'd rather be with them when they die." And <laughs> it's younger people that don't have the mindset of we are spending our whole life on this earth preparing for the next. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I think that there is something to be said about, um, see, I think it's tricky with that. Some people would say that as well. If we, if our life is not as important, then why are we spending so much time, you know, quarantining and doing all this stuff to, to save it? But it's like, well, at some point you're respecting everybody else's lives and saying, let's keep as many people alive as possible kind of thing. Right. I could see how you get to the argument of, well, it's why are we doing all the measures and stuff? And we are caring for the other person, but we are also at the same time, are, are we not showing a little, I don't want to say a little greed in that? Because um, everyone we have in our lives is out on a loan to us. Um, I can't remember where it's at, but there's a verse that says that everyone is on a loan to you. They, they are on a temporary checkout period there there's an expiration date when they are due back to the library kind of thing and so yeah, god, do god's given us the gift of life yeah and don't you think that also with this we have a little bit of of i don't know i don't want to say a pride or control or desire of keeping those people around us and i don't know like i've thought about that and i've said well that's okay i mean we want to keep people with us that's supposed to be an okay desire, but shouldn't it be better for people to pass on? Yeah, I think some of the initial problems, the two, were that it's also that people can feel like, well, is this really the best way to help people? Or mm-hmm. is it really as bad as people say? And it's like, well, it does seem like that maybe the quarantine is the best, but you know, we'll see. I mean, different people are doing different levels of quarantine, so it right. seems like a lot of this is just... It's experimental, so it seems like that if your motivation is to help the most people in the best way we can, it seems like the quarantine is the only way to do it. Right? But I don't know. I don't know about saying it's experimental because in the past we we brought up the Spanish flu. The reason why we didn't tip the fifty million and go to fifty-one million was arguably by it says on the CDC website, it's arguably that the uh, isolation methods that were put in place and were somewhat held even though a war was going on was what prevented them from increasing a number from 50 to 51 million so i don't know if experimental is the best thing to say i guess i'm sort of contradicting myself since at the beginning of this episode (laughs) i was talking about the spanish flu but uh yeah i think it's more as like in our culture since in many ways we are more hygienic than they were you know, I think that's where it'd be experimental. But I do think the general overall principle, I think they are looking back to places like that and saying, well, since we don't know what else to do, this is the best thing we know of right now. Right. So so we can say then that history has shown that it's probably best if we do isolation. But then what, what do we say to the people who are disregarding that? Like those who are saying, I'm just going to do just just do my thing. And then wait for this all to blow over, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd probably say like, just, you know, think about, are you respecting everyone made the image of God? Like you might say, well, for me, I don't need to follow this, but are you doing something that could har- hazard other people? 
because you know it's like you know you're you can you can when you actually think of somebody who might be vulnerable to it like i even think of myself you know i feel a mm-hmm. little more vulnerable to it than a lot of people right so for me i'm like i do want to make sure people are not you know are being careful enough so that we can get this over and everyone can get back to living normal life you know and they said it's going to be at least they said back when this all started in february it's going to be at least 18 months until we can actually get back to our normal life do you think people are i don't i for some reason in my heart i honestly doubt that people are going to keep up isolation for 18 months you know i I doubt it and with holidays (laughs) and with with fourth of july with summer with all of that it's just i don't know man yeah i think my my general perspective on it is i we really don't know it's out of our control so mm-hmm. we can make predictions and we try to be as careful as possible with our predictions my mm-hmm. prediction is that at this point um you know i think that we'll have to balance out the point of okay being cautious and just you know maybe loosening up a little bit and saying hey keep your social distancing you know don't be super close to people Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can go out of your homes a little more and we can kind of loosen it back up. And so right. I think that it, that would be the wise thing to do is just try to take a reasonable approach of, okay, maybe we can loosen this up a little bit and do a smaller version of it as we go on. Do, do you think that if we would have been able to handle it differently here in the States, if we would have been able to keep things more loose and just keep it to, if you traveled out of the country, then you quarantine or you're at risk. Do you think that if we would have handled it better here, that we would have different um, policies towards handling the virus right now than I than pure isolation. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think um, actually one of the things that I think kind of happened is that in the U.S. we just haven't prepared for this. We always thought you know we're a Western country, we have really good medicine. You know, surely if anybody shows up, we'll be able to just quarantine them, and nothing will ever break out in the U.S. And I think this is kind of a reckoning where we're starting to realize we can't control everything some diseases are actually more powerful than our abilities right now i think i think that's a i'm really wondering about that i get that whole entire realization thing that you're speaking of i'm just my whole entire time through this i've just been thinking what's the fallout going to be like of this like what's going to happen with the economy what's going to happen with um our day-to-day lives because i mean there's today they reported 6.6 million people reporting unemployment right now that's the highest it's been since the 80s man and it's just i wonder what's going to happen after this um with the people who have done isolation the people who haven't with the economy like are we going to see the boom like we saw after the spanish flu or what wait after i mean after the spanish flu we saw the boom right and then we saw the great depression correct Yes, although there was a boom for a long period of time, and the Great Depression was built up from a lot of factors, so right. it's hard to predict. I would say another thing people have suggested is, what will this do to our kind of psychology? Because there's kind of a sense where after 9-11, there was a big change in American psychology about what do we have to fear? You know, what are the where are our thre- where are the threats to us coming from? And I think that kind of has, I think that will definitely change people's psychology, this sense of, we're not invincible. How can we... You cut out on me. What'd you say again? Uh, I was saying that I think that um, I think that there will be a sense where there'll be people will have a different 
psychological mindset. You know, just like 9-11 affected people, the coronavirus, I think, will also make people, like, see, okay, our threats are coming from different places, you know, how do we stop an epidemic, you know, maybe there are things we can't control quite as much. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen as well. I mean, I, I, I don't think a lot of people are going to have that mindset because you're going to have the thing of, well, my family didn't get infected by it. And that's, and we'll all be set, I'll be sitting around saying, that's good. That was the whole point in all of this. So your family didn't get the, infected by this. But you're going to have the mindset of, well, I wasn't touched by this. I didn't, nobody I know was touched by this. So why should we do anything at all about preventing, putting measures, getting an actual good health care system, getting uh, anything in way of employment, sick leave? Why, why should we do anything for that? Our current system worked. So, well, I think that that will definitely happen to some extent. I do think there's when there's a big like scare like this where there's a lot of people in fear. I think it will have reached enough people that even if you didn't get it, the fear of it is going to make motivate people to say, "Okay, let's keep this from happening again." What can we, you know, how can we be more prepared? Kind of thing. Man, it feels so bad to say fears are going to be our main motivator to getting an insurance plan around here. <laughs> you know. I mean, why like using fear? I mean, we okay. So Zach, I, I don't know if you're. I'm. Sure, I hope you're in the same mindset. But God is the creation of all things, right? Yeah. So the coronavirus at some point had to go through God's hands, right? Well, in the way, yeah, we know that God cannot be responsible for evil, but we also know that God is in control of all things. Well, that. that well, how? Well, I mean, like. Yeah, it's bad that people are dying, that people are losing their lives, and it's horrible that that's occurring, but there's still a good reason out of that because God has made this occur. I, I don't know what that reason can be right now, but there's some good reason out of this because why else would God allow it to happen? Well, from the past, I can definitely see some examples of how this could be good. I think that often things like this, even diseases, diseases, diseases specifically can be very, um, just making people think about what is life? Life is very fragile. You know, maybe you need to depend on something besides your own abilities. So I can see that in the future, even if it's just a few people, I could see people, you know, maybe coming back to church and coming back to God because of the stress of this and wondering, okay, is there some hope that can help bring me through crises like this? Right, it, that's that's going. I think that's going to be a big portion because um the twenty not the no the fit it was the fifties the fifties we saw a great growth in the church didn't we after the war like we saw yes. mm-hmm. we need we they need some other thing and so I think we said this in a past episode that disease is the mode of transportation for a great call of repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we did talk about this too. So, I mean, out of all of this, I I do believe that there is a good reason out of all of this. I hate that people are dying from it. I mean, every day it seems like I see more death messages of stars dying on Reddit or online, just anywhere. This star died, this star died, this person died. But it's like, man, this is horrible. But there's a good reason, you know? And it's... Yeah. 
I, I, it's just it's hard for us to wrap our minds around the fact that there's so many people dying from something so harming that there's something good out of this yeah i agree it is hard to kind of be able to see the good out of it or see how you know god could ultimately be working even mm-hmm. through kind of the fear that's caused by this so yeah so, so i think one kind of what were you gonna say uh go ahead go ahead zach yeah, so I was just going to say, I think for me, um, so for me, I think another thing in this crisis has been trying to figure out what the balance is between being aware of what's going on mm-hmm. and also not kind of giving into fear and like being being completely caught up in it so much. And so, and, and buying massive started... amounts of toilet paper and hoarding <laughs> it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or even just mentally, always thinking about like. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the one, uh, there was a joke that was like, uh, amount of time spent looking at exponential graphs, and it was an exponential graph you know, <laughs> going higher. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love those graphs. Oh my gosh. I, I feel you, man. Like when this virus first started, I was sitting around, I was like, okay, what's this thing about? What's this thing about? I was looking at news articles like crazy. I was reading a lot of stuff. But then once I got an understanding of it, once I got like, okay, these are the symptoms, this is what I need to be on the lookout for, and this is probably what I should do, I was like, okay, time to take a step back. Time to look at the broader picture here instead of focusing on myself so much. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of been my uh, encouragement I've gotten just reading articles and stuff by different people. Just the whole idea of like, you know, being thankful for what we do have and kind mm-hmm. of looking to God's characteristics and mm-hmm. spending more time on God and less time on just looking at all things and trying to understand it and see if we can figure out when it's going to stop. And so just kind of the idea of the encouragement to pursue God, because that's, what's going to give us peace about it. There's only, there's only so much we can do besides exactly. stay in our houses. <laughs> exactly. And I think you touched on this a bit ago, staying at home and not having like, just the idea that we have to stay at home, we have no control over it. We can't touch that. That's against the whole entire world mindset that America has. Uh, yeah. The constant mm-hmm. need to, well, we can change it. We can just, we can do it. We're America. Number one. <laughs> Except for yeah, number one in infections now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Although I have to say, I'm not sure if I entirely believe China on oh, their numbers. Oh, nobody exactly. believes China. I mean, they, they, there's been reports of carbon emissions increasing, people dropping off cell phone like traffic, like by the millions. Who even knows? We, we'll never know. It'll be like the day we find out will be the day the Allies rolled into Nazi Germany and found and found out about the concentration camps and about how much was actually going on. Yeah. That's that, that's yeah, when I, we'll actually find out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And so, um, going back to uh, we talked about fear, and that's that's kind of what I was trying to get at is is it, can we say that God's going to use fear in some individuals to bring them back to repentance? Uh, that's just crazy for me to think about is there's is there's fear going on and the fear would probably be what might bring them back yeah i i definitely think that's the case and i think even for christians the fear makes us have to decide where are we going to look to are we looking to our own ability to control things or are we looking to god oh you're you're right 
You're right, you're right, right. Okay, so I was I in my mindset, I didn't even have that and thought for a second that there's two different types of fear. You know? Mm-hmm. Like that there's fear of the Lord and there's fear of what should, what do you want to call the second one? I don't even know what to call the second one right now, but it's like a fleshly fear. I think fear of uh, not being able to control. Fear of uncontrollable. That's yeah. yeah. So how then can we after all, after like through this and after this, use the fear that's just creating now to show people that maybe it should be more for the fear of the Lord rather than the fear that they didn't, they couldn't control the situation. Like, how can we do that? That's just a thought that I had. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing is just you know encouraging each other in the you know chat meetings we're having here, just to like say, hey. How can we be relying on God this time? You know, how can mm-hmm. we be trusting in God instead of our own kind of thing? So, but let's yeah. let's let's say you walk up to a, um, let's say me a sinner, right? And they're like, man, I was so scared during that virus. I was worried he was going to get us. There was nothing we could do. What, what, what do you say to them? Like, do you be like, well, there might not be anything that we can do about it, but I, I know I know yeah. a God. <laughs> <laughs> like do, do you take that classic approach or do you try something else i don't know it's 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 an it's an evangelistic idea that i had <laughs> yeah i mean i i like it i think i think that's a lot of i think we will have the opportunity to do that of say you know hey we can't we can't depend on our own abilities our you know we can't depend on the right political things and being able to get all the right things done it's like you know at some point you just have to say, you know, you do your best, but you trust that you have to rely on God. And so, yeah, I hope there is opportunity to do that. I, I'm, there's got to be. I think there's. I think there's going to have to be, Zach. After all this is said and done, there's going to have to be some new methods that we can witness to people. There's going to be new people to witness to, new people that are wanting to have hope, having to have that sense of community, that have to have the have to have something that's going to bring them more meaning in life than their worldly view. Yeah, and I, I definitely see also some um, people are saying that, you know, people being lonely during this, this oh, right will probably also be an opportunity because Americans already struggle with loneliness. So And Max Max did a bonus episode a while back on loneliness, which I encourage everyone to go listen to. I hear it's very, very good. I myself haven't listened to it yet, but I've heard it's really good. <laughs> so that, yep. with loneliness coming out of all this, I think I've been wondering like how much social stuff is just going to sprout up after all this is over, of people just dying to be around other individuals. And how many people are going to go to the length of maybe going to church just to be around people? Uh, I think that will definitely be something that will happen. Um, I will be interested how long it lasts because I definitely think there'll be a sense where afterwards there'll be kind of a rush to do that. And then it will be interesting to see, does that last for people or, you know, are people going to forget about it? It seems seems likely they might forget about it just because we tend to be forgetful people, but I don't know. It's funny you mentioned about forgetting things because we're 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 at a time now where we are we absolutely forgot about the whole entire Spanish flu, about how we took care of it, about how it was about how it was tr- 
transport, how it was infected to other people. Like it seems like as though we have forgotten the whole entire lessons that we should have learned from the Spanish flu. It just seems as though we have forgotten those. I think it's that classic, uh, you know, history repeats itself. Right. <laughs> when you don't, when you you have, don't learn who from don't, our history. <laughs> who don't know history in offices, it's hard to have them learn from it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. man. Yep. I always thought it was interesting that I had a professor recently who was like, you know, history, history doesn't it repeat itself exactly. But it has a lot of rhyme, a lot of rhyming in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it has a pattern. It has the ABA pattern. It has the ABB pattern. Oh gosh, yes. I, don't, I don't know if you ever learned those growing up, but we did. Oh yeah, those are those are the classic poetry, you know. For yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, I don't know. I think I, uh, helping people change their fear to be something good, I think, is the biggest thing as Christians that we should be doing. I'm I'm kind of to wrap this up because we're at the we're at 25 minutes. It's a little short, but just kind of to wrap this up. I think we as Christians, after this is all said and done, should be witnessing to those who had the most fear because they couldn't control this. And we as Christians should know that this is all a part of the un the un what what word do I want to say the perfect plan the exact plan and the plan that's going to happen no matter how much you try to occur at the end of days and and we should trust in the lord for his promises are true yep i agree so that's about all we have um i encourage you all to find to look in yourself to use this time to get to know your god better read your bible I mean, what else are you going to do? Look at the wall, watch some paint dry. Um, <laughs> we hope to have another episode for you guys soon. Um, I, we apologize. There might be some breaks. It's a little difficult at this time of the coronavirus. Um, but we want to thank you all for tuning in with us this week. Um, I hope to see all of you here next week. Uh, have Thank you all for tuning in.